Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. It is time for our Counterpoint. We've got our Thursday regulars in the house. Omar Khan, VP of Public Affairs over at Hill Knowlton Strategies. Hello there. Hello. Melissa Lansman, VP of Public Affairs, Hill and Knowlton. Imagine that. There wow. you go. Guys, hello. Hello. Okay, let's talk NAFTA because we're now three days to a deadline. And Prime Minister Trudeau, of course, we're having this word war. He says he didn't request a meeting. Trump said he did. No requests, uh, you know, no reports suggesting apparently that there were many, many requests at the UN. So apparently Trudeau was asking, you know, can we talk? Can we talk? And Trump just kept saying no. So I think Trump took that as, well, he asked for a meeting and I said no. So it's a word game. But nonetheless, uh, just talked to a trade lawyer about, you know, what's going on. She's not feeling very optimistic, but a lot of folks argue when you talk about this issue, you know, what was Trudeau to do? You know, how can you go up against Trump? And I think a lot of people forget that it was two years ago when he won the presidency. It was Mr. Trudeau who offered to renegotiate and modernize NAFTA. Take a listen. Prime Minister, uh, what do you hope to achieve by preemptively reopening the North American Free Trade Agreement before President-elect Trump has even asked you to do anything? Uh, the fact is, uh, I think it's important that uh, we be uh, open to talking about trade deals like NAFTA or any other trade deal. I think uh, people uh, know that we need to continue to work to make sure that uh, the benefits for uh, Canadians, for workers, for our economy uh, from trade deals around the world continue to accrue. And uh, as our ambassador said, uh, if the uh, Americans want to talk about NAFTA, I'm more than happy to talk. Yeah, I don't think that's... I don't think he's more than happy now, but nonetheless, look, we are here because whether it was naivete or whether, you know, Mr. Trudeau really felt that he could get something done, this is why we're here now. They opened it up proactively. Well, they opened it up proactively because Trump was was threatening to, to unilaterally abrogate the agreement. We don't know where we are. We are still, you know, there's three days to go until this deadline. And look, at the end of the day, like I've said before, it's only the United States Congress which can abrogate NAFTA. So Trump can refer whatever he wants to them. The United States Congress has to vote to abrogate. And personally, you know, if, 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 if President Trump uh, is upset uh, with our, our foreign minister, Minister Krista Freeland, um, you know, that doesn't really bother me because she's a strong woman. She's standing up for Canada. She's standing up. Uh, against the bully tactics well, of Section enti- 232. This is where the spin actually starts. Yeah. And the Liberals are being very, very smart about this. And they're saying, uh, you know, a, a, a no deal, or a, a, I should say, uh, <laughs> I know whatever the talking point is, no deal is better than a no bad deal. No deal is better than a bad, bad deal. deal. That That's is right. very true. Gotta say it with the drama. I, I, markedly better, actually, on the on the comms front from that first uh, clip. <laughs> his, his, I, mean, he, I think he, was, he must have been battling a cold. Let me finish, yeah. because, I, you know, politically smart in saying, in saying that, and then getting any deal is going to be positioned as a good deal, and getting no deal is going to be positioned against standing up for Trump. And we know that your numbers go up when you stand against Trump. Like, somebody has figured this out. Sure, but what well, they uh, haven't figured out is that, you know, whether we get a deal on Monday or not, that might pass, but Trump can still uh, put the auto tariffs on. And the real the real problem is that we can play politics all we want up here, but Trump holds the power because they can decimate our economy. We just can't play these well, games. Well, he can't put the auto tariffs on if 
uh, our strong negotiating position continues, which is uh, to put a box around those national security provisions that he's used recklessly and, and ludicrously, I think, but particularly on our, on our steel on our steel imports. We're, we're uh, that, three that's days the from a deal, but, yeah, and we have no idea is, where this, we are. Guys, this is bargaining. Oh, I don't you know, know about that. I, 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 when I've been a in negotiations. I've been in negotiations. You know, you go right up until midnight, and the, Trump knows this. But I think I'm very proud of our government for standing up for Canadian workers, for standing up against these ludicrous. Probably okay, illegal but, tariffs okay, that, they, that they've been putting you know, on. Why from the you, you actually fundraise off of uh, <laughs> off of that kind of stuff. But are they going to be standing with those 160,000 auto workers when they're out of a job? I mean, the the, the consequences are real. Yeah, um, and the goal is to keep them not out of a job. Right, and that's exactly. what we have to focus on for the next three days. And that's why they need to keep pushing hard. You know, the media reports today have shown that the only outs or the main outstanding issue is Canada's insistence on putting a box around those national that's, security provisions. That's not Let's what. That's not what the trade lawyers are saying. They they're saying well, they're not all, in the room. Well, okay, but they're smart. They're pretty smart people, and they're saying there are some pretty big, outstanding issues that are still nowhere near to being solved. Eventually, Three days is a long time in a negotiation. Eventually, Canadians need to ask uh, ask questions of their government. Yeah, like what's up? What's up? Let's give them. Let's give them the three days. Okay. <laughs> Let's give them a whole three days. We'll, we'll talk about this next Thursday. Sure. Okay. Let's uh, talk a little bit about whether or not. Conservatives are politicizing the whole issue of Terry Lynn McClintock. In other words, this the Tory staff uh, tragedy. And of course, this is a big issue, dominating question period again. And instead of answering the questions that the prime minister was asked dozens of times, he always throws it back to the last government. So it's playing politics with this and both sides do it. That's fine. Except the transfer of this horrific monster was done nine months ago under this government and the safety minister as they don't they're saying that they don't have the power in fact they do have the power and the authority according to corrections canada to actually ship her back why can't they just say you know to me from a a comms perspective would it not have been smarter omar for them to say from day one we are actually going to take care of this doesn't matter where the mistake was made it's a mistake and it's got to be corrected so I'd, I'd like to see where we're getting that information that they actually do have the power uh, to intervene. I will read it to you. It's on such. Yeah, no, it, so I'm on, I'd honestly yeah. like to see it. I just tweeted later. it out. It's okay. actually in charge. I will pull it up while you're talking. So, you know, generally speaking, and, and I've said this before in this show, I used to work for an Ontario attorney general. Mm-hmm. Uh, politicians uh, don't have the power or, or, or the authority to issue security classifications for prisoners. And the reason we have that in Canada as opposed to other countries like, you know, Pakistan or some other countries is because you don't want political interference in the criminal justice system. That being said, you know, I do think ultimately I'm a big believer in, in oversight of our elected officials over, over, over public servants. There's got to be some middle ground here where a, an official review process of a parliamentary committee or something can be triggered mm-hmm. uh, non, in a nonpartisan way to review some of these decisions. Because to me, at face value, the decision sounds ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I worry that the minister has his hands tied because I do, you know, from my experience, this is the type of thing that a, that a political actor or political minister can't intervene on. Well, according to, to Section 6 of the Corrections and Conditional Release Act of Canada, the federal minister of public safety has the authority to direct the commissioner of Corrections Canada to put child killer Terry Lynn McClintock back behind bars. So they do have the authority. The point is... But where, where, what's the source on that? Well, this is the... It's right here in the Corrections and Conditions Release Act. So okay, I'll the, have to take a look. You can take a look at it. That's fine. But the point is, this one is an easy one to me, Melissa. Like you can't lose on it's, condemning a child killer. No, for sure. There, there. In no world does uh, does a child care uh, does a child killer get to go to uh, to a fancy rehab. They no. belong behind bars, and I think that this is 
This is well beyond uh, the Minister of Correctional Services or the Public Safety Minister, uh, whatever we call him now. This is something that the Prime Minister has to say something about. Well, you know, I do think it's legitimate for the PM and his team to raise in the House today, like they did, that Stephen Blaney, you know, the previous Conservative Minister, said on the record that the Minister does not have the power to intervene in security classifications of prisoners. That's a legitimate point to make. We are politicizing an issue. The bottom line is you can take leadership on this thing, and it would be not a hard thing, I think, for the Prime Minister to say, look, a mistake has been made. Whoever made the mistake, we have to make sure this stuff doesn't happen. Whether it's Paul Bernardo, Terry Lynn McClintock, Michael Rafferty, any of these other monsters, these things can't happen. So we need to put in a mechanism that when certain criteria has to be met, that's it. And you know what? I think he would get a lot of praise for that because it's not about who made the mistake, but fix it. This is the second time this week that they've expended political capital on defending murderers. Second time. It's tough to be in government. Right? Well, but it's to me, to be, it's, it's easy in opposition to criticize everything. I look, I've been there, and I've been, I've, 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 I've been in meetings where I would be yelling at the the attorney general at the time, like, just say this is wrong. Sometimes, you know, especially law enforcement ministers have to just hold their tongue uh, for the greater good. And you know, the greater good isn't about defending like Paul Bernardo and these like monsters. It, it's you know, our system of justice has checks and balances in it. To, to remove certain decisions from political actors for a reason. Right. And I get it, it wasn't designed for this circumstance, but, you know, it, 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 we just have to be very careful because we don't want to be like Pakistan where whichever prime minister comes in can decide, oh, the other party's people who are in jail, they get sent to maximum security. That's I'm not, not saying, that's I'm not saying so that that's easy, what this though. is, but this I'm just saying so that's why these processes and protocols are in place okay, to prevent ahead. something like that. Okay, but, but again, it's happened, and to me, it would have been very easy for the prime minister who's got children, who is a sensitive guy, we do know this about him, to say, hey, this should not have happened. And, you know, if you can't empathize with the families that have to go through this, there's got to be some measure. Uh, And And they they, they did did institute a review yesterday. Oh, big deal. Police. This is when the prime minister picks up a phone and says, Mr. Stafford, Ms. Stafford, I want to call you and just tell you that we are looking into this. It's not about political points, because this to me, this is the kind of thing that universally Canadians are outrage. I, I, I get the outrage. You just want to be careful. You don't want the prime minister intervening, intervening directly in every criminal justice matter. But this one, I think it would have been a real easy one. Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. We've got Omar Khan, Melissa Landsman in here to talk about, oh, the big story of the day. You can smoke pot. Molly, Molly, Molly. I don't know if you, you can't do Molly, uh, but you can definitely, you can't do Molly, but you can smoke pot uh, wherever anywhere. you can, well, anywhere, wherever you can smell, uh, smoke a cigarette. Now, I think there are going to be issues with Actually, this. more places than where you can smoke a cigarette, because you'll be allowed to, hotels will, hotels and long-term care homes will be allowed to offer consumption rooms, hold, hold but they can't do that for cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Long-term care where people have oxygen tanks? The, so, so they will be so, a designated area. So there's wow, a, provi- that there's a provision that like, they're, they're allowed to, they're allowed to <laughs> offer consumption rooms in long-term care homes. And hotels. And hospices. Yeah. Can you ma- okay, so this is interesting. Okay, so you guys know all about this. Uh, we may have a few clients in this space. <laughs> yeah, you might have a few clients in this place, but nonetheless, I mean, I think it, it creates an interesting argument. There'll be a lot of people saying, well, okay, if I can get stoned on the streets of Toronto or Hamilton or wherever I am, why can't I walk down the street with a scotch in my hand? Or- yeah, I totally agree. This is an easy one. Um, Are we going this direction then? Do you think that... Well, I think we saw Mayor Tory come out today and say maybe now is the time to explore... Allowing uh, allowing consumption of alcoholic beverages in city parks. Oh my People God. are doing it anyway. Can anyways. you imagine being just treated walk, like walk adults Trinity in Bellas. this province? The, the problem with sort of the movement is is that the 
it's entrenched, right? Yeah. Our rules about alcohol are long-standing. They're entrenched. They're harder to uh, to pave the way on on cannabis. This this one was easy. Um, there is no precedent to it. There is no precedent. But I got to tell you, as a mom of a of a five year old boy, I have no issue with pot. I do have an issue though if. You know, I'm out at a restaurant or a patio and someone decides to spark up a joint and then we're sitting and my so they, kid's getting hotboxed. So they hot won't boxed. be able to do that. Well, okay, but I think there will be issues with people saying, hold on a second, now I'm walking into clouds of, of secondhand smoke. I don't do... I mean, there will be issues, I think. Yeah, but but so so for the restaurant example, because, because, it, because they're essentially... Uh, uh, aligning the regulations with the Smoke-Free Ontario Act. Mm-hmm. So you can't smoke a cigarette on a patio. You 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 won't be able to smoke a joint but or you can vape go a joint. Outside and smoke right well, you got to be yeah. uh, nine meters from a door. The same the same yeah. rules would apply for smoking. So if you don't like your kids walking through uh, Man, people smoking cigarettes. One stinky country. 20 meters from a playground. Yeah, so. well, well, there you go. But again, how are they going to enforce it? <laughs> well, the I same way they not. enforce the tobacco rules, right? Yeah. Like, which is never. Uh, meanwhile, <laughs> Calgary police, I mean, this is happening right across the country where we're like 18, 19, 20 days away from this thing. Calgary police officers will not be allowed to use cannabis in their downtime when it's legalized next month, which to me, how is that fair? Yeah, can they, can they have well, a beer? Yeah, that's tough. Can they drink? Well, if they exa- can be called at any given time and they can go and, you know, hold their gun and solve crimes. Well, no, but I'm saying, like, if you're on a weekend or a week off and you're, a, I mean, the thing is, it stays in your system for up to 30 days. I mean, it stays in your muscle matter. It stays in your body, unlike alcohol, which leaves you after a certain amount of time. But if you're someone who decides on your week off, I'm going to smoke a joint and then you get tested two weeks later, how is that fair? So I think, look, I think we need to move towards judging impairment, not based on, you know, what percentage is in your blood or, 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 or in your system. But based on your co- your, your your cognitive state, uh, so there there are some uh, companies out there that are working on certain tools to help law enforcement to use cognitive tests to mm. to, to judge impairment. Right. I think that's probably the long term future. And it makes, I mean, if it we makes see a, a bunch of cops up trees, I, I get it. Because medical medical cannabis a... patients who use it regularly, yeah. uh, you know, it, it doesn't really affect their impairment because their body has built yeah, a tolerance yeah. to it. Yeah. There's a lot of things we don't know on this sure. one. There's a lot of things we're not going to get right here. Well, you, I'm tasking both of you to investigate it and bring me your research and we'll get through this together. So you want research on <laughs> cannabis. <laughs> we got to test it out. I, see will what bring all the you, <laughs> I will bring you a cognitive impairment specialist. How well, it is on, it's legalized on my birthday. They you may be kind of ours. How convenient. <laughs> How convenient. Uh, I'm just kidding. Mom. Uh, let's talk a little bit about this. We don't have a lot of time, but it is a very big story. Uh, of course, in Washington, as all eyes uh, watching Brett Kavanaugh and his accuser uh, testify today. Take a listen to just a sample of what Mr. Kavanaugh said, and I'll get your thoughts on it. Is it any surprise that people have been willing to do anything to make any physical threat against my family? to send any violent email to my wife, to make any kind of allegation against me and against my friends, to blow me up and take me down. I don't know if Mr. or Justice uh, Kavanaugh did anything. And I don't know if this woman suffered anything. The point is there are too many unknowns. I do know that there was no due process. And I think that's left a lot of people kind of uh, confused. But they are going to vote on this tomorrow, which shocks me with this many questions hanging over it. This is a complete disservice to the court. This is a disservice to uh, Justice Kavanaugh. This is a disservice to the victims. And it is starting to look like a kangaroo court where everybody's by their TV and watching. And what it does long term for the victims is terrible. The only reason the Republicans are moving ahead with this tomorrow is because they're afraid that the Democrats might win, uh, might pick up the Senate. 
uh, in in the November midterm elections. Mm -hmm. It's a travesty. There's no reason why this couldn't be put off for a month or two to actually do some investigations and find out what the heck is actually going on. There's no reason why the president can't ask the FBI to investigate. He's chosen not to. I think Mr. Kavanaugh would want an investigation. He's asked for one. And look, this guy's going to potentially sit on the court for 30, 40 years. He's only 47 years old. Uh, he's gonna have he's he's gonna have the ability to, you know, potentially reshape uh, you know the American society as we know it, and you can't even wait you know a couple of weeks to find out whether or not uh, these allegations are true. It's it's and it's just because of politics. It's crazy. This probably shouldn't have come out ten days before. Yeah, no. and that was, that might have been politics too. Uh, yeah. It might. <laughs> okay. You lost it me might there. have might. been. It might it have been. Politics. Thanks, Omar. It might have been. <laughs> All right, guys, got to wrap it there. Thank you, Melissa Lansman, Ciao. Omar Khan, might. <laughs> You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.